I can tell you about my friend Andrew, the cognitive scientist, but it's not pretty. One evening he appeared with an infant in his arms at the door of his ex-wife, Martha, because Brienne, his lovely young wife after Martha, had died. Of what? We'll get to that. I can't do this alone, Andrew said, as Martha stared at him from the open doorway. It happened to have been snowing that night, and Martha was transfixed by the soft, creature-like snowflakes alighting on Andrew's New York Yankees apron. Martha was like that, and wrapped by the peripheral things, as if setting them to music. Even in ordinary times, she was slow to respond, looking at you with her large, dark, rolling, protuberant eyes. Then the smile would come, or the nod, or the shake of the head. Meanwhile, the heat from her home drifted through the open door and fogged up Andrew's eyeglasses. He stood there behind his foggy lenses like a blind man in the snowfall, and was without volition when, at last, she reached out, gently took the swaddled infant from him, stepped back, and closed the door in his face. This was where? Martha lived then in New Rochelle, a suburb of New York, in a neighborhood of large homes of different styles, Tudor, Dutch colonial Greek revival, most of them built in the 1920s and 30s, houses set back from the street with tall old Norway maples, the predominant trees. Andrew ran to his car and came back with a baby carrier of a lease, two plastic bags filled with baby needs. He banged on the door. Martha, Martha, she's six months old, she has a name, she has a birth certificate. I have it here. Open the door, please, Martha. I'm not abandoning my daughter. I just need some help. I need help. The door opened and Martha's husband, a large man, stood there. Put those things down, Andrew, he said. Andrew did as he was told, and Martha's large husband thrust the baby back into his arms. I'm sorry your young wife has died, but I expect that she's dead of some stupid mistake on your part, some untimely negligence one of your thought experiments or famous intellectual distractions, but in any event something to remind us all of that gift you have of leaving disaster in your wake. Andrew put the baby in the baby carrier that lay on the ground, lifted the carrier with the baby, and walked slowly back to his car, nearly losing his balance on the slick path. He fastened a seat belt around the carrier in the back seat, returned to the house, picked up the plastic bags and the valise, and carried them to the car. When everything was secured, he closed the car door, drew himself up, turned, and found Martha standing there with a shawl around her shoulders. All right, she said. Thinking. Go on. No, I'm just thinking of something I read about the pathogenesis of schizophrenia and bipolar disease. The brain biologists are going to get to that with their gene sequencing, finding the variations in the genome those protein suckers attached to the teleology. They'll give them numbers and letters, snipping away a letter here, adding a number there. And behold, the disease will be no more. So, Doc, you're in trouble with your talk and cure. Don't be too sure. Trust me, you'll be on unemployment. What else can we do as eaters of the fruit of the tree of knowledge but biologize ourselves, expunge the pain, extend the life? You want another eye, say, in the back of your head? That can be arranged. Put your rectum in your knee, not a problem. Even give you wings if you want, though the result would not be flying aloft, but more like giant skips, floating megastrides as on those tracks that are like flattened escalators moving along the long airport corridors. And how do we know God would not want this? 
perfecting his imperfect idea of life as an irremediable condition. Where is backup plan, his fail-safe? God works through Darwin. So uh, Martha took the baby after all? <laughs> 